On this bonus episode of Mando Talk, we talk to you, those of you that sent in messages regarding chapter 22 of The Mandalorian titled Guns for Hire. And at the end of this bonus episode, I'm going to share some updates from Star Wars Celebration and my quick thoughts and opinions on those. So without further ado, let's get into it. Primary This is the way. What is up, all of you Ugnots and Jawas? And that is right. This is a bonus episode, and I'm so excited to be doing this. We had so many listener messages sent into the show to talk about Chapter 22 that I felt the need and really the necessity to do a bonus podcast episode because me and DJ full on broke down Chapter 22, and we ended up going almost for an hour and 20, and I didn't feel like it was necessary or appropriate to rush through your guys's messages I wanted to make sure that I gave them the due diligence that they so deserved. So that's why we're doing a bonus podcast episode. I apologize if you were hoping to hear it in the breakdown episode, but I'm again, I'm actually kind of thrilled that we're doing it this route. I think it's just a great sign that here at Mando Talk, we are growing. We're building a great, positive, loving community, and hopefully these type of podcast episodes could be necessary moving forward. That just means we're getting bigger and better, and thank you so much for all of you that sent those messages in, and if you didn't send messages in regarding Chapter 22, but you're still listening to this podcast, thank you, and also get involved with the next Mando Messenger. That's what I want to that's what I want to start calling these things. Send in those messages. We'll call it the Mando Messenger. You can send them either on Twitter or on Discord. Follow us on Twitter at Mando Talk and join our Discord. That link is down in the description. For Twitter, usually it's just replying to a tweet where in the tweet I say, hey, send in those thoughts, theories, and opinions. Sometimes, though, DMs are always wide open. Not really sometimes. DMs are always open on Twitter. And then on Discord, we have a thread and some rules to get some messages sent in for these Mando Messenger segments. But again, this one was so massive that we had to do an additional podcast episode. So without further ado, that took us a while to get there, but I wanted to make sure you all understood why we were doing this extra episode. Let's get into it. So let's start with the Mando Wednesday poll that we always run on Wednesdays immediately following the release of a new episode. This kind of gives a great representation of how the fan base, how the community is feeling regarding the latest episode of The Mandalorian. And I'm not surprised by the results of this poll at all. So we had four different categories to vote on as far as how you felt about chapter 22 of the mandalorian or a rating out of 10 for chapter 22 of the mandalorian nine through 10 great was one 
option to pick. Seven through eight, good, was the second option to pick. Five through six, okay, was the third option to pick. And one through four, bad, was the fourth option to pick. This is spread across the board. Here we go. Nine through 10 category, great, got 18.4% of the vote. Seven to eight category, good, got 27.6% of the vote. And the winner of the vote is the rating of five through six, okay, 29.6% of the vote. And then one through four, bad category, got 24.5%. So, across the board just insane how across the board this vote was and i think that is very representative of how the fan base is reacting to this one and i gotta admit on my end the first viewing as soon as i saw it for the first time my vote would have been in the five through six okay category one thousand percent i just felt like it was kind of goofy and it wasn't what i was looking for at this point of the season but now that I have watched it a second time and I've put those expectations to the side, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I got to admit, it's goofy. It's good fun. It's prequely. It's Clone Warsy. It's all these things that I love as a Star Wars fan. So I would probably say, if I'm being critical, I would say six. But the Star Wars fan in me wants to just give it a seven and say it was good. It was good fun. But I I understand across the board. If you loved this episode, I understand and I see your reasoning. If you hated this episode, I understand and I see your reasoning. So now let's get into the tweets where those of you from this poll kind of expanded on just voting for a category and you gave your reason why you voted that way. So let's go to you guys now. Our first message sent in here is from Jill Van Sickle says the following. This is the first time I think it went a little overboard on the goofy and all the superstars in it, albeit fantastic people we all adore, took me out of the fantasy a bit. Jill, this is 1,000% on the money for me. Again, first viewing, it definitely was overboard on the goofy for me, for sure. And as far as the superstars that are in it, Jack Black, Lizzo, like you said, fantastic people. We adore them. It took me out of it. I'm not a ma I'm personally not a massive fan of either of those two. So really the only thing that I was judging them on wasn't my love or care for those people. It was simply their acting ability. And honestly, their acting for the characters they were portraying, I just wasn't all in on to begin with anyway. So yeah, the superstars, the cameos didn't really work for me either. Now it seems like we have different reasonings for that potentially me it was more the acting you jill it was more so the fact that it just took you out of the fantasy but i again i see right where you're coming from again i think maybe you know a second or third viewing helps with the goofiness but if it doesn't that's fine too i totally understand all right thank you for that incredible tweet there jill all right next in our mando messenger is brendan smith says the following the first two seasons had continuity this season is kind of a restart because that story got resolved. This season has been about redemption and reunification, but it's also building up to something. Same as season one, we didn't know what the story was till the last two episodes. And Brendan, that is something that I've seen kind of online where 
yeah, it's kind of like a reality check for me personally where, okay, I totally see what you're saying. The first two seasons flow so well together, and this season is kind of like a restart. And another thing that me and DJ had talked about during our breakdown episode, the sixth episodes of these seasons that we've gotten for The Mandalorian, I believe season one was the prison break, and then season two was the absolutely phenomenal episode that was the Boba Fett showing up. Those these sixth episodes, they're like hit or miss as far as like absolutely serious, absolutely plot driving and plot moving. And this one definitely is not that for sure. So I definitely see what you're seeing, Brendan. Definitely understand what you're saying on that. And um, I definitely respect that opinion. But thank you so much for that message there. All right. Next up is Ginger Jesus says the following. I don't get people who keep watching but hate everything the show's done personally this season has been fantastic i'm super glad you feel that way as far as this season being fantastic there's definitely been moments in this season that i view absolutely fantastic as well and yeah i don't get people that keep watching it if they absolutely hate everything about it i think in every episode there's definitely something to find that that's just absolutely gold and just something to make you happy. Thank you so much for that message there. All right, next up, Rock Peterson says, while much was great, this is the first episode that had anything I really despise. Worse than the geometric discontinuity of the N1 droid socket. That crack about Mandalorian blood does not belong, especially from anyone in a leadership position. The adoptive and inclusive nature of Mandalorian culture, value beyond blood, beyond sex, beyond species, is its greatest strength, more than any weapon or armor. Anyone who thinks otherwise is unfit to lead so much as a squad. Yeah, Rock, the that's Axel Wobes who was criticizing Din Djarin of uh, claiming that he was a Mandalorian. And, and Rock, honestly, I think that dialogue there was given to allow the viewer to know, number one, there's Mandalorians out there that potentially believe you have to be from a certain lineage, I guess. But number two, to show that Axe Wolves is in no mentality or in no right mindset to a- actually be a leader of any type of, of Mandalorian crew. So definitely understand the nitpick on that but i do think there was some i guess plot device for that dialogue there just to just to kind of give a, a a look into the different beliefs of mandalorian coverts and and things like that but rock you keep sending in great tweets regarding this season so keep those coming thank you so much for that one all right next up is gabby loved all the silliness and camp the ending though why give Din the dark saber if it would do nothing for his character, not even create conflict with Bo? And why show how good of a leader he could be, like the scene with the Ugnots, if it leads to nothing meaningful? Gabby continues with another tweet here saying, I hope the last two episodes make them make sense. I need some kind of direction. Characters just seem to be doing stuff they're told to do. Gabby, that is something that really across the board, critics and fans alike are saying that this season hasn't really had a clear direction. And I understand that, but I am someone that's kind of just enjoying the ride and enjoying these week-to-week mission kind of episodes and things like that with Din Djarin and with Bo-Katan, with Grogu. But yeah, going back to your question earlier, something again that I'm mentally struggling with struggling with is 
I was always of the belief that I was going to be okay with Bo-Katan receiving the Darksaber or winning it back or however she ended up getting it back. I did believe there was going to be some form of conflict if she was going to get it back. And now that she does actually have it, now I'm kind of wishing that Din Djarin still had the thing, that Din Djarin was the one that was going to lead Mandalore into its next great age. So hopefully, like you said, these next two episodes kind of clear some things up, make me feel better about it regardless of which way, regardless if it somehow gets back in Din Djarin's hands or if it stays with Bo-Katan. Honestly, I'm, I think I'm going to be okay with, with either or. It just depends on their execution on it. And right now I am just... I am, if I'm being honest, it, I miss Din Djarin being the clear cut. This is the guy that's going to lead lead the Mandos into the next years of their greatness and into the next generation and, and all those things like that. So, Gabby, I'm right there with you. I'm asking all of those great questions. But I do hope, I do hope and believe that these next two episodes, these last two episodes for the season are going to deliver all right next up on twitter we have jessica sitton says it was okay better than the pershing episode i'm tired of side stories i would like din back in center i feel like they don't always know where the story is going sometimes dealing with moff sometimes with mandalore i feel like sometimes there is more uncertainty this season i love Bo supporting din and I like them working together, but I would like more din and more action scenes. I like to go, go, get them speed. <laughs> I love that uh, last sentence there, Jessica. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I definitely, you know, I think I have to disagree with you for me personally. I love that you love this episode or that you enjoyed this episode rather more than the Pershing episode. I do think that I would put the Pershing episode over this one simply because of the world building that the Mandalorian took the risk to do there. That way we got to look inside the new Republic for the first time that really I've kind of been craving ever since we saw the force awakens, but that's just me. I'm right there with you as far as the side stories go. Again, that's something that I've definitely mentioned is this point in the season. I wasn't expecting that, but of course, like I said, now that I've watched it a couple more times, I feel better about it. And it is kind of similar to the traditional Mandalorian DNA of side missions and doing this to get this access and yada, yada, yada. So I think that's just something that we have to remind ourselves of. I mean, it's something that I was so worried about heading into season three that season two just released banger after banger after banger after banger that I knew it was going to be so hard to top, so hard to beat, and so hard to make fans feel that amount of emotion week after week after week. And I think that's just proof this season so far that it, season two was something magical and remarkable that I think is not going to be comparable to anything that we see from this show moving forward. I mean, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully maybe the final season raises the stakes even more, but yeah, I definitely see what you're saying with that as far as being tired of side stories. Another thing I'm really glad that you pointed out here is Moff Gideon. I mean, elephant in the room here is the fact that Moff Gideon has been missing the entire time this season. I do think, though, it's kind of by design that he's almost like an Emperor Palpatine 
type character so far. Like we can feel his presence. We can sense that he's lurking in the shadows, but they're going to wait until probably these last two episodes to actually reveal him and what he's got going on. But yeah, they are kind of going back and forth between what he's doing in the shadows also versus what the Mandalorians are trying to do to get back to Mandalore. So yeah, there is definitely some changing of the focus for sure throughout the season that we're not accustomed to. But again, I guess that connects to me enjoying the Pershing episode. I like the fact that they're taking these swings and I like the fact that they're taking multiple different plot movement devices uh, at a time instead of just focused on Din Djarin and Grogu, but that's just my personal preference. And then the final things that you say here regarding Bo and Din, yeah, the, the characters working together throughout this season has been the best part of the season by far. I mean, both Mandalorians are the best Mandalorian characters that we've gotten in the franchise, and seeing them united and working together and hopefully reclaiming Mandalore together is just phenomenal stuff. Thank you so much for that message there, Jessica. So glad we got to discuss it. Now it's time for us to move on to our Discord message submissions. Again, if you want to join our Discord for more one-on-one -on -one conversations, click that link that is down in the description. All right. First one is from Speeder Bike Tim, and I actually believe this one was in response to Chapter 21, but... None of these questions here got answered in 22, in chapter 22. So they're definitely something that we can discuss on this episode here. All right, from Speederbike Tim, he says the following. It will be interesting to see how the children of the Watch react when Bo-Katan brings some more Mandalorians together. Which way will everyone follow? Great question there, Tim. I think the armor is really going to be the main one to kind of make that decision. I would hope that she says it's okay to do whichever way, quote unquote, this is the way thingy, whatever way your covert wants to be, do it. We just need to regroup and reclaim Mandalore together because we're stronger that way. I hope that's the case. But as far as creating multiple season plot lines here it would make sense for the armor to then say hey okay if we're really all going to do this we all need to throw our helmet on but um i guess we're gonna have to wait and see but i'm really hopeful that it's a you get to do whatever you want to do kind of approach and we'll go about it that way all right a couple theories so we're continuing on here from speeder bike tim says i have a couple of theories about moff gideon number one it is a splinter group of the watch that were still loyal to maul and have been serving the empire in the background as mercenaries that number one theory there from you tim is probably going to be the one that i subscribe to uh i have always hoped and thought that uh moff gideon's kind of ruling or being helped by some imperial superior i don't remember exactly what they were called i think it's like imperial super commandos that were mandalorians specific that focused and followed the empire that's what my hope has always been but here we go here's speeder bike tim's second moff gideon theory it is Sabine Wren that captured him, possibly with the help of Ahsoka, to get Grand Admiral Thrawn's location so that they can find Ezra. Either way, it will pit the New Republic against the Mandalorians, at least for a short time, until the truth comes out. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about 
that second theory there as far as it being Sabine Wren and how that connects to Ahsoka, how that connects to Grand Admiral Thrawn. And I just, I'll be honest, Tim, I think it's a very fun one. I just don't know if I see that unfolding here in this third season. I definitely do think in these last two episodes, there's going to be something that kind of connects and sets up the Ahsoka series to let the fans know that just watched The Mandalorian that Ahsoka is coming. I do think we can expect that, but I don't know if we can expect something to that level. But if it is to that level, I would certainly be thrilled. All right, next up from Discord is Daniel. Daniel says, hey, Caleb, I've been a listener to Mando Talk since the very first episode. I thought I'd finally write in about the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Thank you so much for that, Daniel. You have been a day one, and I'm so thankful of that support. A couple of observations. Number one, this felt the most Clone Wars of any live-action episode to date. It could have easily been one of the episodes of that animated series. Yeah, absolutely, Daniel. If this was animated, this would be a top-tier Clone Wars episode. For me, and I think I said this on the breakdown, that's just not, again, what I'm looking for here at this point. But in animation style, yeah, this is a heck of a lot of fun. All right, number two observation from Daniel. It was interesting to see the theme of pairings happening throughout the episode. First, there was the Mon Calamari and Corrin. By the way, was this the first time they got called Mon Calamari instead of Mon Cala? Ooh, that's an interesting question, Daniel. I, I don't know if I've ever picked up on that one because I've just always known that it's Mon Calamari and it hasn't bothered me if all they say is Mon Cala. I would have to, and I just did a Mando rewatch, but I would have to rewatch and just look for that dialogue throughout. But that is a great question. I want to say they have said Mon Calamari before, but I would not be surprised if it has just been Mon Cala up to this point. Anyway, continuing on with your pairings theme here. Next, there was the Duchess and Jack Black. Sorry, forgot his Star Wars name. Yeah, I'm currently blanking on it too. I think it was like Commander or Captain Bombardier or something like that. Bombardier, something like that. Um, yeah, that interesting pairing between them two. Definitely one that uh, I was not expecting in the slightest. And of course, there was Bo-Katan and Din, who were a team throughout the entire episode. Yeah, some very cool and very interesting pairings. Yeah, we were following the plot and following some emotions between all of these pairings it is interesting i guess uh, maybe maybe this is me speculating daniel um the first pairing the mon calamari and the corin they were a couple the second pairing the duchess and jack black they were a couple this could be some fuel for those out there that ship Bo and Din Djarin here to say, hey, they're trying to tell us something. We got all these couples doing things here in this episode. I don't know if you subscribe to that, Daniel. I don't know if you're even trying to allude to that, but um, just something to consider. Something to consider for sure. All right, Daniel finishes up here by saying it was quite a fun episode, more than I thought it would be. The famous cameos weren't to my liking. That seems to be kind of across the board so far for the most part. I know there's people out there that absolutely love them, and I think DJ 
the co-host is one of those and the acting could have been better yes 1000 daniel but overall i had a huge smile on my face the entire time keep up the great work on the show thank you so much for that daniel we're definitely going to always strive to keep up the great work but i love your final summarizing thoughts there I think they're great summarizing thoughts for me personally as well. All right. And last message here that we need to hit is from Speeder Bike Tim, who sent in a message about chapter 22 this time. Here we go. With two episodes left, it will be interesting to see how they set up to retake Mandalore. Will they make the finale them landing on Mandalore as the cliffhanger for season four? Who else will make cameos leading up to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how they tie this season together with the storylines they have put together. Tim, that is a question that I have been dying to uncover these past couple of days as I'm still processing chapter 22. I am clueless with where this is going. That is number one concerning, I guess, because sometimes or most times you can kind of sense what could potentially be brewing and what could potentially be coming next. But it's also exciting at the same time because we don't know what's to come next, and we're going to be completely surprised with whatever they're going to throw at us. Now, I guess I can go ahead and give you a quick prediction regarding the whole Mandalore stuff there, Tim. I do think by the end of this season, I think the entire group does make it to Mandalore, and I think the next season would deal with the aftermath of that and how the Empire wouldn't be happy with it or something like that, and how we could start seeing Thrawn being thrown into the mix once he makes his appearance in Ahsoka and so forth. But we'll definitely see. Again, I could be completely wrong. I don't think I've gotten a single prediction for Season 3 correct, so I'm definitely not the guy to uh, tell you some things that we are going to see in this season. But uh, we can't wait. I know we here at Mando Talk, me, DJ, and even Zach, who was on for our first half of the season breakdown episodes, we're all looking forward to these final two episodes and cannot wait to break them down. Well, that wraps up our Mando Messenger segment where we talk to you guys and you guys delivered with such great thoughts. And that's why I wanted to do a bonus podcast episode because if I had tried to spend that much time on it during the breakdown, I probably wouldn't have been as dialed in as and as focused to give some great feedback from your messages. So I'm so glad we got to do this, but we're not done. We have Star Wars Celebration that has been going on this weekend, so I definitely wanted to give a quick rundown of things that they have announced, the notable things that they've announced. There's a good chance I've missed some things here, and then give my quick opinions on these things as we are going. So, Star Wars Celebration. Number one thing to discuss, trailers for the Acolyte and Skeleton crew were shown for those in attendance and honestly I was going into this worried and upset that they were going to get to see stuff there that I wasn't going to get to see but I have to admit I'm okay with not seeing a trailer for the Acolyte or for Skeleton Crew at the moment I think I've gotten to the point in my Jedi training where I can practice some good patience number two news and notable thing to discuss from Star Wars Celebration is those in attendance got to see footage for Andor Season 2. And again, something that I thought I was going to be bummed out that I missed, but I'm honestly okay with. 
just practicing patience here. All right. This was the big one. We did, in fact, get a teaser trailer for the upcoming Ahsoka series. It was released for those in attendance and also for all of us at home. But also continuing on with the Ahsoka news, the Ahsoka series is officially the next live action series to come to Disney Plus in August of 2023. The Ahsoka panel got an extended look at the teaser trailer, which did in fact reveal that Lars Mikkelsen will be reprising his role as Grand Admiral Thrawn. Now, I have to say this first. The teaser trailer that they released for all of us, honestly, in my opinion, at the moment, it could be just recency bias. This is the best show trailer that we have ever gotten from Star Wars. I mean, they dropped bomb after bomb after bomb. We had Sabine. We had Hera. We had Chopper. We, of course, had Ahsoka. We had Thrawn. We had Ezra. I mean... This was an absolute massive love letter to Rebels fans. And we even got the line of the next heir to the Empire or something along those lines. And you just know for a fact Dave Filoni was sitting there in the director's chair when Rosario Dawson was saying that piece of dialogue as Ahsoka Tano and just laughing and literally thinking to himself, the fans are going to freak out that Ahsoka is saying heir to the Empire. Come on. This looks so great it makes me so happy i am so pumped and i cannot wait to see this thing and i haven't even talked about the two sith that are wielding like reddish orangish lightsabers i don't know if the editing's been done on those lightsabers or not they look reddish or orangish and i'm okay with it regardless they look sick i cannot wait for this show it is suddenly and quickly the most anticipated star wars content on my radar at the moment, and Lars Mikkelsen coming back as Grain Admiral Thrawn. Ignore the leaks of his image as Thrawn floating out there. That is not a high-quality image. Do not formulate an opinion on Lars Mikkelsen as Thrawn from that image. Simply for right now, if you are not at Celebration, if you're like me and you're at home, you didn't get to see a high-footage look of it. If you're like me, Right now, only make an opinion on Lars Mikkelsen as Thrawn simply from his voice, and you will be stoked by this. His voice for the character in Rebels was top tier. Yeah, I could go on and on about this Ahsoka teaser trailer. I've watched it 50 times now, and I look forward to ending this recording and watching it yet again before I go to sleep today. <laughs> but anyway, let me know what you thought of the Ahsoka trailer. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Discord. I would love to hear your opinions. Continuing on here, we got three new Star Wars movies announced that are directed by James Mangold, Dave Filoni, and Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy. Now, James Mangold directing is expected to direct a biblical epic portraying the Dawn of the Jedi. This apparently is going to show the first Jedi, how the Force came to be, all of this Great, cool stuff, and the fact that James Mangold is the guy to do it. I mean, come on. Give me all of that. Next up, Dave Filoni is directing a culmination for the Mandoverse 
influenced by legends and eu material again come on give me all of that i'm so excited for that i'm so excited for the fact that star wars is handling this cinematic universe differently from marvel or dc in the fact that they're building this this lore and this framework from television and then finalizing it on the big screen i don't think that's ever been done before at least in this capacity and it's always great when star wars is pushing the hollywood entertainment industry forward and i think they are shooting for the stars with this one i absolutely love this idea and the fact that dave filoni's doing it tells me that we're gonna get din Djarin, we're gonna get ahsoka we're gonna get grogu we're gonna get all these characters that we've loved from the mandover in this one movie and i am stoked for it all right now the charmin obeyed shinoi directed film is a new jedi order story with daisy ridley returning as ray this is 15 years after the events of the rise of skywalker and i don't care what you think of the sequels I myself even have my problems with the sequels, but I am so excited for this one. I am so excited to have Daisy Ridley back. She is a phenomenal actress. She is phenomenal as Ray. She always delivers, and I'm so, so, so excited for this. I will... I won't say anything else for it other than I'm pumped. I can't wait to see it. And I hope somehow we can get John Boyega as Finn in the mix as well as Ray and Finn both could potentially be training and developing a new Jedi Order. And one last thing that I want to point out, of all of the things that they've announced in the past that have been ended, that got canceled, that aren't being developed anymore, I feel like all of those movies really only had a chance of getting one movie out of them, but I feel like if the James Mangold and the Charmaine Obeyed Shinoi films are bangers, I think those two have the potential to become trilogies of their own, and that's another thing that gets me extremely excited because Star Wars theatrically is always a great trilogy experience, so hopefully that's going to be the case all right some other tidbits we have a tales of the jedi season two has officially been announced i'm really pumped for that because i absolutely love the first season if you haven't watched the first season of tales of the jedi watch it you will greatly appreciate it and you'll get a new appreciation for some of the prequel films second piece of tidbit information rogue squadron has not been fully shelved and could be reworked as a series says kathleen kennedy that's exciting for me because i ever since top gun maverick i mean my craving for that rogue squadron story is just even higher i would love to see that kind of style in an x-wings and tie fighters and things like that all right, next, the Taika Waititi film is still in development with Taika set to write and direct the movie. That's exciting. Again, I don't see a trilogy coming out of this, but I would love to see Taika's one-shot approach at the Star Wars franchise. I think it could be a lot of fun. And we have received no word on the Book of Boba Fett or Obi-Wan Kenobi second seasons. I don't expect either of those being currently in development, but obviously as time moves on, that could change. I would personally love to see a second season for both of those, 
but I could also see them not wanting to do a second season for either of those. Now, I will say Star Wars Celebration, as I'm recording this, is still going on, so there is still some things that could come out. I would have to say if if there's anything to expect, maybe a Season 3 of the Bad Batch announcement, maybe a trailer for Star Wars Visions with that coming out on May the 4th, maybe an update on Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the sequel to the Cal Kestis Fallen Order video game, something along those lines. I do think we're probably done with like live action stuff and trailers in, in that space. But I would say with one more day, I believe, left in celebrations, definitely possible to get some animation updates. But yeah, so far, in my opinion, Star Wars Celebration has been extremely successful because we have a clear direction with where the films are going. And we got an absolute banger of an Ahsoka teaser trailer. So all great stuff. I I have to admit, I was kind of mentally in a dark, dark mental space with the Lucasfilm and with the Star Wars franchise outside of television there for a while. But with this celebration, I'm back. I'm all in. I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled. I'm so happy. I just I have those warm, fuzzy Star Wars feelings in me. And we've got two more Mandalorian episodes to go to continue those feelings. And then we get to get hyped up for visions and ahsoka and so much more star wars content and us here at mando talk will always be here to cover all of your star wars cravings so if you're new here and you've listened to this episode hopefully you can see the great community that we're building here and hopefully what you'll do for me is subscribe so make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are hearing this recording Give us a like, give us five stars, follow us, whatever you got to do to make sure we pop up in your feeds and to make sure that we pop up in others. And another way that you can make sure that we pop up on other people's feeds other than giving us a five-star rating is to share us. Share us with a friend, a family member. Say these guys are crushing it. These guys have fun covering The Mandalorian and all things Star Wars. We would greatly appreciate it, but I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for those great messages that we hit up off the top with our Mando Messenger segment. It's phenomenal to hear from you guys and gals you Ugnots and Jawas, and I can't wait to do it again. I cannot wait for next Friday's companion podcast episode, breaking down episode seven of this season of The Mandalorian. They did show this episode at Star Wars Celebration, and I am only hearing great things. I haven't seen any spoilers, so be careful on the online interwebs and communities there try to avoid those spoilers let's go into episode seven completely clean and then make sure that you are back here on this podcast for the companion podcast episode dropping on friday the 14th spoiler discussing and breaking down chapter 23 of the mandalorian that is going to be directed by rick famawaya i cannot wait for it but it's time for me to get out of here thank you so much for listening thank you so much for your support i love each and every single one of you and as always we have spoken 